Welcome to the 10 of Those podcast. This is a podcast for readers seeking to learn more about the wonderful world of Christian literature. My name's Rob and I'm joined today again by Jonathan. While you've been on holiday, get, getting some sun and I've been injured, we've both been reading. We've been reading the yep. Hope book, haven't we? Yeah, uh, Hope for All the Earth by Mitchell Chase. Not long out, fairly short book, uh, which is probably why we picked it. Um, 86 pages. Yeah. Good place yeah. to start. What do you know about Mitchell Chase? I, I've, I don't know him at all. Do you call him Mitch? I don't call him anything. M- Mr. Chase, Professor Chase. He is a professor at Boyce College at Southern Seminary in the States. So Louisville, um, Kentucky. Um, to be honest, I don't know a great deal more than that. I um, follow him on Twitter and he's got good stuff to say. Um, but other than that, no, don't, don't know a great deal. I liked his book. I liked it. Well, give us an overview, first of all, of what it what it's seeking to do. Yeah, so it's understanding the Old Testament in light of Jesus, isn't it? it so we're following the Old yeah. Testament, and um, I guess it's, a, it's an Old Testament overview with a focus on Christ, the coming one who is, who is the hope. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. I mean, the, you can never have too many books about that, really, can you? No, and I think the Old Testament is often a, a kind of, oh, what do we do with it? Do we sort of detach it from the New Testament? How do we, oh, you know, and him seeing, him taking us through this sort of overview of kind of them seeing the thread to Jesus, I think is very helpful. I think the way I describe it, did you ever play um, did you ever play PlayStation? I, I used to play Tiger Woods Golf, and what you could do at the start of a hole is you could have them do a sort of a flyover so you could see the lay of the land and then it would take you to the hole so it's like this part six is on a you know a difficult terrain and da, 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 and i don't know i think they were giving you this bird's eye view that then took you to the sort of the feature the hole and i think that's what this little book does it kind of gives you a flyover of the old testament seeing where it all leads and um yeah, that, that's what I found really helpful with this book of just seeing, okay, big picture of the Old Testament, but it all leads to the pinnacle. It leads to Christ. That's what it's all been waiting for, right from um, right from creation to, to see Christ coming. And yeah, it's good. I, I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, I really liked it. It reminded me, I like that analogy. It reminded me, though, of when I was doing my GCSEs and you have those revision books and everything that you should have learned in the previous three or four years is just bam in the little book for you. And it's easily presented. Maybe it's because I'm a bit lazy. Um, Yeah. But then you think, why did I spend the last three years coming to school? No, I should have just read the revision book. book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I really actually like that about it, that, um, you know, there were interesting dates there. You've got to have a Bible with you, I think, when you're reading it as well, because there are lots of references and bits that I thought, oh, that is interesting. I'll just go and have a look and see if it really does say that. Because that's important, isn't it? Yeah, though, I think... It's not a, it's not a sort of, this isn't, I mean, it's only 86 pages, so it's not a kind of heavy textbook. I didn't, I just felt here's a guy who clearly knows his stuff, but he's also able to put it uh, in a way that, you know, little old me can, can get without kind of, there's no mention of like the Hebrew of this or the Greek of that. It's, you know, it, it is, it's really 
readable and kind of, uh, and yet it does leave you thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to look into that a little bit. And he's just got little throwaway things of like, you know, and okay, perhaps I, I knew this before and perhaps uh, listeners and readers would, would have it, but just kind of, you know, the Eastern entrance of the, of the tabernacle, that's a deliberate callback to the garden. I mean, those sorts of things. Well, yeah, okay. I knew that, but th- there's, there's other things where he's like, oh, wow, yeah, that little thread. I'd never thought of of just how that connects this point and this point. Um, and I found that so helpful that he just distilled it in a way that I could understand without kind of being, you know, lost in detail. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I think there are lots and lots of people in churches who um, have for so long sort of not not pretending that they know, but have perhaps been Christians for so long that now they don't ask anybody about. Yeah. You know what? Wh- why? Why do the prophets start talking about Judah and Israel and what? You know these two kingdoms and why is why is it suddenly two kingdoms and I'm not really following that? So it's really nice. I, I thought that was really helpful just to go through the history of yeah. Israel and um, like you say, that overview is really really helpful. Yeah. Uh, so it. I mean, that's one of the great things about reading little books like this, isn't it? That um, you don't have to ask anybody else the questions that might seem obvious to everybody else. Yeah. And things that you think, oh, um, does that really matter? Or I think as you see more of these little elements, um, a bit like a mosaic, you know, if you if you take out one of the little squares, does it diminish the picture? Well, on one level, you can still see the big picture. But one element of its beauty is being removed and just little things like he's talking about the um, the tribes of Israel and, and which one um, uh, was then going to bring kind of uh, the, the seed, the, the rescuer and, and just how that fits together. And some stuff there I thought, oh, wow, I'd never, never quite seen the beauty of that little square in the mosaic. And actually now I see it, that's it makes the whole thing more beautiful. Um and yes, you could not make this up. I mean, it is it is so woven together in a complex way, but in a way that you you also wouldn't make it. You know, this isn't Hollywood kind of creating something great. This is just, yeah, this is God's divine work being recorded. And I, it, it helped me love the Old Testament more as a result of reading this little book. Um which I need help with because yeah. the Old Testament is a book that sometimes is a challenge to love in my life, at least. Yeah, it, it can be. And I think part of that is knowing where certain events and elements of the Old Testament fit, because it's not in chronological order, is it? Nope. And uh, so sometimes it can be a challenge to get your head around. And I think that's why we often we talk about the fall, we talk about Adam and Eve and the fall, and then jump, and here's Christ, yeah, here's yeah. the here's the promised seed. But, yeah, to have a book like this that starts to open things up a little, I mean, it's, it's almost just a little teaser, isn't it? You yeah. know there's so much deeper that you could go if you chose to in any one of these things. Yeah. Um, yeah, fantastic. Here's yeah. a question. So we've, we've not discussed this, so this may um, <laughs> this may not make the edit. But um, um, he um, he says at a little point where he's describing the story of Joseph and um, um, you know his brothers and whatever, and um, 
Mitchell Chase says, um, Joseph was sold to the house of Potiphar in Egypt, but what his brothers meant for evil, God meant for good. And it, I, I just wrote down on the side, is this a pointing to Jesus? You know, here's um, a guy who gets thrown in a pit. Uh, he's then pulled out. He's then sold. And what, it made me think then of the, the Garden of um, Gethsemane, you know, um, Judas selling Jesus what um what judas and the the as it were the brothers the religious brothers meant for evil killing jesus etc handing him over to the to the romans um what they meant for evil god meant. it just it cast my eyes then to forward to to christ i don't know maybe some people get a bit sort of um edgy about oh do we see jesus too often in kind of the old testament and uh, etc but i anyway i i just wonder i put the question there is this a little pointing towards somebody who else somebody else who's going to be sold that is meant for evil but god uses for good and i mean what greater good is there than jesus being sent to save us and rescue us i don't know maybe i'm pushing it too far Definitely. No, I don't think so at all. You're not pushing it far enough, John. Yeah. <laughs> That's really. the first time I've been told that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> because it's Joseph himself who says that, isn't it? What you intended for evil. He says that to his yeah, brothers. Yeah. God intended for good. Yeah. And he says that to his brothers while he's reconciling them. Yeah. So while, while he's stood in front of the ones who betrayed him and he's got all the power in the kingdom yeah. to do what he wants with them he reconciles and well and uh, you know when that's happening with christ what does christ say father forgive them they don't know what they're doing um and so yeah hmm, interesting yeah here's here's a bigger challenge talking about pushing it yeah um is that i always in my discipleship, I'm always thinking about Christ-likeness because that's mm. our call, isn't mm. it? To be conformed yeah. and, and changed yeah. into his image by the work of his spirit in us. And Paul says that uh, God has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. Mm. And that's a big challenge, I think, not just to, I mean, to, to go from seeing Christ in the Old Testament through somebody like Joseph to see yeah. Christ foreshadowed, but then now, as believers, to think, wow, the call on me now is to reflect that yeah. to the world, to reflect yeah. that to others, yeah. you know. And it's not just about, you know, pull your socks up and be more like Joseph. Yeah. Um, you know, his, it's actually, no, this this is Christ-likeness. Yeah. To reconcile to others who wrong us, who would throw us in a pit. Yeah. Never been thrown in a pit. I'd like to think I'd be like Joseph, though. Uh, let's find out uh, next week on the podcast. Rob gets thrown <laughs> into a pit. And that's the challenge there. I, forgiveness, reconciliation, does. there's a two-way street because it always must be tied with repentance. His, his brothers repented, didn't they? They 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 cried, mm. they recognised their sin. And the same, you know, Jesus on the cross, Father, forgive them. And you see it in the two criminals crucified with him one repents and one doesn't one is forgiven and one isn't and so that that all it comes together but it's there's that starting place of yeah i want to be living at peace with people i want to be reconciled with people as far as i am able um and ultimately mm. we want people to be reconciled with with the lord jesus that ultimately is 
where we want people to, mm. to be. Isn't it? I was struck um, reading through it just how God is gracious. You get, get a lot of judgment in the in the Old Testament, but wherever you've got judgment, you have you do have more grace, both in patience, but in in some people being uh, redeemed and rescued, etc. But also God's faithfulness when his people mm. are so unfaithful and you know god is patient god is is faithful he delivers on his promise i just the, the little book helped me see that again in the old testament of god is faithful um god is patient and god is merciful in in giving people what what they don't deserve and um that was that was a great encouragement for me to to be reminded of that I, I was challenged again that this is this is God's story as well. Mm. This is this is God's story. It's Christ's story, mm. and we are I personally. I'm very self-centered, and I want to see myself in everything. You know, mm. I want to see how this affects me, and you know what what being a Christian is going to do for my life, and all all of that. It's very very egocentric, I think just by nature and when you see an overview like you said on the golf course and you see just how big this thing is you also think about how many lives have gone before yeah you know just whole generations you know that when he's he, he talks about the the 40 years judgment so the 40 yeah. years wandering in the wilderness that whole generation has gone yeah you know a whole generation of individuals who have hopes and dreams and you know lives and all of that kind of thing and yeah yeah don't, don't get in they grumble and complain they get it wrong they and and i used to judge them i used to think oh man i can't believe that they would grumble and yeah. complain having seen water come from the rock the sea split no i'd i'd be worse i'd be the worst of them yeah, I noted that 40 years thing again because I think it, it struck me of this, yeah, a whole generation God was wanting to to see a new, as it were, a new batch come through because um, that previous generation had had gone back on their word and hadn't been faithful to God. And, and yet he was still faithful on what he delivered, but his timescale was just was different as a result of their sin and um yeah it struck me struck me that as well well there's, there's that point as well where it all seems over yeah so the promise has been through through abraham then through david's um you know david's offspring will sit on the throne and then suddenly they're all in captivity they've all gone there's, there is no throne there is no temple and it seems yeah. like it's all over I quite a Looking back, enjoyed that. I wouldn't have enjoyed being there, but I quite enjoyed <laughs> yeah, that. Absolutely. Oh, gosh, no. is, yeah, it's quite know, nice hindsight. Humanly speaking, humanly speaking, it's all over. Yeah. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love learning from other people's mistakes. <laughs> I am um, on a practical level, and I wish more authors did this, but especially the authors who write big, long, complicated books rather than the shorter ones. But at the end of each chapter, putting a summary of your bullet points. Oh, what a dream. And if, if people who write the longer ones can do that, that would make reading the long ones a lot quicker and a lot easier. <laughs> so it is really quite helpful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For me, um, I, I'm very, very forgetful, 
which is a something we see in the Old Testament lots anyway. But I, you know, I read a book and I think, oh, what, oh, what was that about? What? So it's very helpful to to have that to kind of, okay, yeah, how am I going to apply this? What, what, what am I going to, um, uh, what am I going to take away from it? Okay, couldn't remember, so I'm going to go back to it. So it's, um, so that's good. Very helpful, very practical, and um, just at an I think a nice level. Um, yeah, I'm grateful for this. Yeah, yeah. I wonder whether he can do the New Testament, seeing how it's kind of so doing the the next side of the sort of tapestry, as it were, of seeing where the threads have connected, and um, uh, yeah. particularly how Jesus, yeah. but also other New Testament writers, then pick up Old Testament threads and run with them. But anyway, maybe he'll yes. Yeah. Maybe we can persuade him to do it. Well, the, the, when I was reading it, I was reminded of Stephen's speech. You know, before Stephen gets stoned, yeah. he does this overview, doesn't he? Yeah. And it reminded me a bit of that. Um, and I know you and I have talked a little bit about New Testament preaching and how it's a little different to sometimes, <laughs> you know, what you hear preached yeah. in, in churches. Yes. Uh, you know, people very faithful to Scripture, but actually in, in Scripture itself, the preaching tends to be very much sort of an overview or, yeah, a, yeah. you know, a bit a bit from here and a bit from there. So yeah. I think that will, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Just uh, back back to your thought about the um, uh, about synopsis at the end of every chapter yeah. and the bullet points rather. Uh, we're doing a podcast about reading Christian books. And one thing I think is worth saying, I grew up being taught never to write in books, not to scribble in them, I suppose, because little children, you know, we scribble yeah. in books, don't yeah. we? And we get crayons and we do all yeah. that kind of thing. But now, and since I've been a Christian reading Christian work, I am underlining, yeah. highlighting. Yeah. I'm folding down the top corner. I'm, yeah. Anything short of ripping a page out and sticking it on the wall, I think for me, I, and I would just recommend that to people. If you're if you're ever thinking if you, if you're a new Christian perhaps and you've got a Bible or you've got these books in front of you, just use them. Um, you know these are just tools to get get the truth into your heart, aren't they? I agree, and I know not everybody does. I mean, my brother-in-law he reads a, a book, and if he if he should even crease the spine, you know he'll he'll punish himself for it. So. Um, but I am, yeah, I'm with you. I need to mark, I need to underline both my retention, but also my later reflection. Um, if I haven't, mm. I'm, I'm going to struggle. I now, and I got this from my brother, actually, I then make points at the back of like, um, so on this one, I, I wrote down on the back cover, um, amazing how many links and connections uh, there are. Just that is a jog for me to to be reminded three years from now, truths that I've I've read um, I've read in this book the, that that sort of thing I, I wrote down. Um, the book has little sentences that um, that oh, <laughs> when you do write it, you you need to be able to write it so you can read it. Um, but um, hang on, little uh, book has little sentences that that proves a helpful guide for reading the Old Testament, and then uh, I e page thirty one page 26 so when i came back to this kind of three weeks later looking at that oh yeah that's what i was meaning okay so that little sentence that he has that's a good guide for reading the rest of um the old testament if i hadn't written that down with my memory being what it is and i'm just not going to remember it so i think it it helps the book's life be longer by writing and marking i think 
um, especially if you've got a memory like yeah. mine. And often you can read a book, and the time spent reading is valuable. The process of yeah. of of processing all of that is helpful. But often I'll go away from a book, and really there's one lesson that is really yeah stuck in my heart, or there's one phrase which really I can carry forward. And if that one's underlined, like you say, next time you open totally. your book, you know, there it is. Yeah. Pop it back on the shelf and, and you can revisit it. Yeah. I also think part of reading books is then sharing it with others. And again, for me, underlining and marking allows me to share better with others in that, oh, yeah, I was reading this book six months ago and it had this little line. Let's just I'll go see if I can find it. Oh, well, thankfully I've marked it. Yeah, it's here. And um, so I think it's good in yeah. in helping to share what we read. As I was reading, I was thinking of people I would recommend this to. And uh, I remember um, when I've led teams of people in the past, so I worked with a holiday company and um, what one or two other places where I've had teams of Christians, perhaps um, not necessarily young Christians, but younger people. And you sort of want to give them all something to help them all be on the same page or yeah. to just you know, give them something which is, because you don't know where everybody's at often yeah, when you've yeah. got a team of people like that. I thought this was a really good one for a situation like that. I, I thought, ah, oh, this would be a great one for me to send out to a uh, one of the teams in the holiday company and they could all just read it over the course of a, yeah. the first couple of weeks. And, you know, it's it's that kind of book, isn't it? It's a really good foundation and yeah. accessible. Yeah, Definitely. Um, I think, you know, in terms of length, it's 86 pages. Um, for what it's worth, it took me about four hours. I'm not I'm not the quickest reader. Um, but, you know, over the course of, I think I read it in a week and just an hour here, an hour there. And um, so very manageable. I think if you're going to do an Old Testament book or maybe you're going to preach in he on Hebrews or something like that, and you wanted people to have this kind of yeah, back to this kind of Tiger Woods, the flyover, and then seeing how how it the ball drops type thing. I would get this for for that sort of situation and say, let's all read it together. Or maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, but you've kind of lost the the glory of those those little sort of the squares of the mosaic, as it were. Then this will help you, I think. See, your God is faithful and. Here's, here's an example and here's another example and et cetera. And yeah. 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 I think it's when you're giving a book to somebody, I think it's important to choose the book wisely in terms of length because it can be an obligation, can't it? You give yeah. somebody a, a yeah. big, thick book and that can be a burden. And yeah. suddenly you don't hear from them for months <laughs> because they <laughs> haven't gotten around to reading it. Yeah. Whereas this one is, like you said, I mean, it, I think it, how long did it, it took me the length of a Terry's chocolate orange to read. Right. It was one sitting and I ate a whole orange chocolate orange. <laughs> <laughs> one of your five a day. <laughs> it was not a bad, it was not a bad evening. <laughs> will it will this book have any impact that changes you day to day? I think as I mentioned before the perspective on my own life I think just to be nudged again to have a right perspective of my own life, that actually our lives are all part of his story. And, you know, I, th I think that actually is the change. Uh, how that will look practically, may maybe that's the way that most things are. You, you shift the way that you think. Yeah. 
you shift your focus and and that changes your steps yeah so yeah i would say that probably most significantly for me how about you um i think i was just really encouraged by the faithfulness and patience of god and i need those two things from god i need him him to be Mm. faithful to deliver what he has promised and to be patient with me because I like the Israelites um, messing up and getting it wrong all the time, um, and uh, yeah, so it's it was encouraging really, and I I don't think that I think that was a bit of a surprise that the Old Testament was as much of an encouragement as it was. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so just to uh, remind anybody listening, if you are out there listening, uh, Jonathan and I try and meet every week um, just for discipleship and to catch up and to encourage each other. Uh, But every other week, we're going to be uh, reading books in between, reviewing them, using it as part of our own discipleship, and hopefully that will be helpful um, for you as well, if you're listening. Because it's about discipleship, isn't it, Jonathan? It sure is. That's what we're trying to do. Changed and, Yeah. yeah, encouraged and walking closer with Jesus every day. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 10 of Those podcast. To help us out, please be sure to follow, subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to tell your friends if you think they might enjoy listening as well. And until next time, keep on reading books that point you to Jesus. Jesus.